All right, Shabbos Good evening. Good evening. Let us begin. Today's daf is Hayom Adalif, and we are picking up Emirat Hashem on Dalin Amud Beis. We left off. We left off. Godul Mash Amra Belazer Baravina. So it is two, four, six, seven lines up from the bottom. Amra Belazer Baravina. Godul Mash Nemar BeMichal Yosem Mash Nemar BeGabriel. What the Navi states about the Malach Gabriel, sorry, Michael, is even greater than what the Navi states about the Malach Michael. How so? So the Gemara says, So by Michael, it says, One of the angels flew towards me. It says, one, one, one statement of flying. So it uses a double ocean, almost as if to say, almost as if to say that by Gavriel, it takes Gavriel longer to get to his desired destination than it does Michal. So apparently Michal moves faster than Gavriel. Okay, my master, the high Acher Michal. How do you know the Acher, the Echad referred to over as Michal? So I'm Rabbi Yochanan, remember again, Michal and Gavriel are like, uh, like higher level Malachim. Higher level Malachim. Rabbi Yochanan, so the Gemara says, Asya Echad Echad. Okay, so we'll say so. Michal takes him one, one like flap of the wings, one step to get to where he needs to get to. Gavriel, it's two. Elio ba'arba. Elio Navi takes four. So Malach takes eight steps to get to his desired destination. But at the time of a plague, right? in other words, at the time of a plague, the Malach is given greater free reign. And therefore, again, he's able to get to where he needs to get to in one step. Incredible. We'll say, I just will point out that obviously all of these Gemaras have so many deeper levels of understanding. We're not quite doing it justice in the 22 minutes that we are, that we're learning together. But again, obviously the goal over here is especially on Friday. Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, when you have time for Chazar to definitely be a bit more ma'ayin, definitely investigate into these gemaras a little bit more. So there goes Zayt, Rabbi, say beautiful gemara. I'm Rabbi Shomar Levi. Even though a person has said Kriyashman Shul. So we'll say, what's the Kriyashman they're referring to over here? Kriyashma of Arvis, of Mayriv. So even though a person has already said Shema as part of Mayriv, nevertheless, Mitzvah Likroso Amitaso. There's a mitzvah to recite Kriyashima Alamita. Kriyashima before you go to sleep. The Gemara says, Amrabi Yossi, Micro, it's the Pasek that tells about Kriyashima. Now, now remember again, Kriyashima Alamita is certainly not Daraisa, because remember again, Daraisa, we have Bishach Bechav Kumecha. I have the nighttime Shema, which generally we discharge during Mayrif, or we repeat it again. And then there's morning Shema. Kriyashima Alamita, the nighttime Shema that we say before going to sleep, is, a, is another animal. It's another animal, something separate. So the Gemara says, so where does it come from? Where does the obligation come from? Mikra, Rigzu Vial Techeto. It says over here, literally, means literally like incite yourself, get yourself excited. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Don't sin. Say it in your hearts, on your bed. So here's a reference to this idea of reciting something in my heart while I'm on my bed. So Gemara says, this is a reference to the nighttime, not the nighttime Shema, but the bedtime Shema. Kriya Shema Alamita. Amram Nachman, Amram Nachman says, top of hay, 5a. In Talmud Chacham, who ain't sarach. We'll say if you're a top, now we'll say, let me just point out something else. What, what, what is the role of Kriya Shema Alamita? The role of Kriya Shema Alamita is to protect us from nocturnal dangers. 
There's a concept when a person is asleep, right? So ultimately, again, they, they are in greater peril, in physical peril, spiritual peril. I'm not in full control of my body, not in control, full control of my neshama. And therefore, there are mazikim, nighttime in general. You know, it's, it's actually interesting. Oh, well, we'll get to. Nighttime in general is associated with mazikim, with detrimental or harmful forces. Kriyashma Lamita is there to protect me from those harmful forces. Therefore, the Gemara said, person is a tamad chacham, Person Tam Chacham, he doesn't have to say Kriyashma Alamita. Interesting. Why doesn't the Tam Chacham have to say Kriyashma Alamita? So Rashi says over here, Sheragil Bimishnasa Lachsar Al Girsaso Tamid Dayabakah. A Tamad Chacham, we're assuming, is always reviewing his learning. So because his learning is always going on in his head, therefore what? The learning itself protects him. So because learning protects him, he doesn't need Kriyashma Alamita. Amra Abaya Abaya says, Af Tam Chacham, Ibaye Tam should also say at least one verse of supplication before going to sleep. Kigon, Biyotcha Af Kidruchi, Padisa Osi Hashem Kel Emes. Quotes over here the Pasik. From Tilim, Hashem, in your hand I give over my spirit. You have redeemed me, Hashem, the trustworthy God. I'm Rabbi Levi Barcham. As well, say, by the way, we pass in your Tamtrachim, Yah Tamtrachim. Everyone says, Kriyashema al Hamita. The Margos writes, I'm Rabbi Levi Barcham, Abu Shim ben Lakish. The Olam Yargis Adam Tova Yitzhara. It was his incredible puzzle. What we're going to do over the course of the next Amid is, when the Gemara quotes the Psukim, we're not really going to be too ma'ayim. We're not going to go too in-depth into the Psukim themselves. Rather, we'll just try to isolate and focus on the lessons gleaned from the Psukim. So we'll say, this is an incredible Gemara. So Rabbi Levi Bar of Reish Lakish, the Olam Yargiz Adam Yetzir Tavar Yetzirah. Now we'll say, now, what does this mean, Yargiz? Now remember, Lashon of Ragaz is Lashon of getting angry. Getting angry, like almost like to incite oneself. So the Gemara says a person should always like almost like rile up his yetzer hatov, his good inclination, over his yetzer hara, his evil inclination, his negative inclination. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Second line in Rashi: Yargiz yetzer tov shiyasem lochama ima yetzer hara. this is incredible. What the Gemara is saying is they both say. The internal battle of good versus evil that we each have to face, right? Because remember, I will say, if we're honest, each of us has desires, wants, proclivities, all different kinds of things, lusts, all these different things. So we have to fight. Like, in other words, it's, it's, it's a battle. It's a battle against these things every single day. So the Gemara is telling me it's a battle. It's a battle. How does the Gemara frame that it's a battle? We'll say, if I think that I'm going to conquer the negative things in me, just like easily, without, without a fight, without anything, I'm mistaken. I'm mistaken. To overcome the internal evil, the internal negative, I shouldn't use the word evil, the internal negativity that's inside of me requires a war. Requires a battle, and I have to get myself ready to wage that battle. So we'll say that works great. Now, if what works, but we'll say some people just have the ability to self motivate, right? In other words, that I say, you know what? I know it's broken. I know, I, I know what's in a state of disrepair. Okay, I'm going to get it done. I self-motivate. That's it. Uh, some people are like that. If you could self-motivate and, so to speak, like incite your good inclination over your negative inclination, fantastic. Ve'imlav, we'll say, what happens if you can't self-motivate? Yasok Torah. Learn Torah. Torah helps to motivate a person to make particular life changes. We'll say, we know this. How do you feel, right, after you finish an Amad Abrachas? How do you feel, Right? Don't say tired, right? right? How, how do you feel? You just you feel different. Any, anytime a person sits and learns, like even if I am tired, I get up from the experience and I just, I feel like a different person. 
Learning Torah girds us with strength to be able to do the things that sometimes we can't do on our own. So like the highest level is to be able to self-inspire and to motivate yourself to take the necessary life actions. What if you can't self-inspire? Can't, I can't move myself on my own? Okay, learn Torah. Torah then will inspire you to make the necessary life changes. If that works, great. If Torah doesn't work to motivate you, say Shema. In other words, accept upon yourself the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shene Amar, Amishkavchem, Im Nitzchumutav, if that works, great. Ve'im Lao, Ve'im Lao, if it doesn't work, Yiska Liyom HaMisa. Remind yourself of death. Right? I say, what does death do? Death, death, it's interesting how sometimes death could be the greatest catalyst for change, Right? Death, which is the antithesis of change, right? Once something dies, it can no longer change. Yet the knowledge that one day I'm going to die, and I do not know when that day is, that's often a motivation for change. So we'll say, so it's incredible. Here's what we know. Here's what we know. I have to fix the stuff that's broken in me. Here's what else I know. What I, what I know is matter, matter, anything that is matter, right? What is the natural state of matter? Natural state of matter? to be at rest, right? Until matter is acted upon. So again, so now how do I get myself to move myself in life, right? So number one, the ideal is self-motivate. Self-motivate. If you can self-motivate, great. What if you can't self-motivate? Learn Torah. Torah will motivate you. That doesn't work? Shema. Recognize that you are answerable to a higher authority. That doesn't work? Death. Remind myself that at the end of the day, one day I'm going to die. I'm going to take leave of this world. I'm going to have to give an accounting for how I spent every day of my life. And I don't want to be embarrassed when I give that accounting. I want to have a good accounting to give. An incredible gemara, Rabbi So what do all these things mean? Luchos, the luchos refer to Dibros. This refers ultimately, again, to the Ten Commandments. Torah, Zumikra, that refers to the Chumash. Va'amitzvos, Zumishna, that refers to Mishna. Asher Kasavti, that I wrote, Elu Nevi'im Uksuvim. This refers to Nach, Nevi'im and Ksuvim. Lahorosam, that refers Zeu Talmud, that refers to Gimara. So we'll say, what does this teach me? Malamit Shekulam Nasnu Lemoshe Misinai. We'll say, first of the widest lines, it teaches me, that's when Moshe Abin Rabbosei came down with the Torah. He didn't just come down with the Ten Commandments. Rather, what did he come down with? Everything. Now, Rabbosei, now just to be clear, it doesn't mean that Moshe Abin like came down with this, like Meseches Brachas. Because remember, again, what we have here is filled with so much machloka, so much dispute. Because again, there were different opinions as to what the transmission was. But the idea is that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai, he had the entire body of Torah with him. The written law, the oral law, it was all there. All there. Incredible. I'm Yitzchak. Let's listen to this. If a person goes ahead and reads Shema on his bed. In other words, he says, Kriya Shema Lamita. It's as if he's holding a double-bladed sword. In other words, 
has the ability to protect a person like a double-bladed sword. Shene emar romamos al bigronom v'cheref pipios biadam. So the of cheref pipios is a sword, literally two mouths, a two-bladed sword in his hand. My mash, mamar zushu v'itim ravashi mereshe dinyana dechsev yalzu chasidim bekavod yiraninu amishkavosam. So seeks about again that the righteous will sing praise on their bed. So essentially, when do the righteous sing praise on their bed? When they say Kriyash Malamita, when I say Kriyash Malamita, that's as powerful as holding a double-bladed sword. Incredible. Whoever says Shema when he's sleeping, oh, not when he's sleeping, whoever says Shema before he goes to sleep, ultimately, again, the destructive forces leave him alone. So it's actually interesting. The, the Pasuk over here that the Gemara is quoting, speaking about Torah, means literally blink your eyes and it will be no longer. I'll say that's a reference to Torah. We know that a person could spend so much time acquiring Torah and then what? In just a moment, in just a blink of an eye, you could lose it all. How do you lose it all? A bad decision, a wrong turn in life. And somehow, we spoke about this last night also, all of the spirituality that one accumulates could simply dissipate through making one wrong turn in life. Everyone knows this. Even children know this idea. That if you go ahead and you recite Shema at night, that you save yourself from destructive forces. After all, again, because the Paz says, So again, the Pasik says, if you will listen to the voice of Hashem your God, and you will do that which is right in his eyes. Right? And you listen to the mitzvot. And you listen, you observe all of his statutes. All of the afflictions that I visited upon Egypt, I will not visit upon you, for I am Hashem, your healer. Elo, we'll say rather, what does it mean? Whoever is able to learn Torah, but doesn't do so, Hashem brings on that person all types of terrible suffering, and they uproot him. This last line is very profound. That essentially what the Gemara is saying is like this. If a person has a good life, but they do not use that life to learn Torah to further spirituality, who takes away their brachas. Meaning what? Why does Hashem give us blessing in life? I will say it's an interesting thing. This is why in general... Right, we daven for parnasa. We daven for our livelihood, or we daven for bracha. But when you daven for parnasa, what are you davening for? What are you davening for? That, that you should be wealthy for the sake of being wealthy. That that I should be able to buy extra stuff, enjoy extra stuff. No, what, what am I really asking? See, the, what's the say? What's the beauty of wealth? What's the beauty? This is not like a wealth ministry uh, drush up here, right? Right, right. What's what's right? What's what's the beauty of wealth? The beauty of wealth is if you have it. You don't have to worry about many things in life. Now that I don't have to worry about money, what does that do? It frees me up to go ahead and focus on spirituality. That's the whole thing. That's why even when the Torah speaks out, for example, in Shema, if you will listen to my mitzvot, what does Hashem promise us? He doesn't promise us the world to come. What does He promise us? He promises us cattle and sheep and, and all, all different types, crops, all different things. 
Why is that the reward for spiritual service? It's not a reward. It's not a reward. It's a spiritual facilitator. If I have money, let's say we know this, right? If a person ever finan- if a person is ever in a state of financial struggle, for most people, ninety five percent financial struggle consumes you, right? If if I can't pay my bills, or I'm having a challenge, or I'm having this, that takes the entirety of my bandwidth. Mashiach came. If I know, even if I'm not wealthy, but I know Baruch Hashem, I can take care of my family. I can take care of my needs. Right? I'm good. I'm good. There, there's an inner tranquility that comes with that. Well, now that there's inner tranquility, so suddenly I have the ability to devote myself to spirituality. So the Baruch Hu says, if you have the inner tranquility because you have financial blessing, and you don't use that inner tranquility to further your spirituality, so does the Baruch Hu say, I'm taking back the bracha. I'm thinking there's no, no free lunches and no free brachas, right? If you're not going to use the bracha to further your spirituality, then the truth is there's no need for you to have it. It's such a, such a profound... I will say this is why in Judaism, it's important to know, it's why in Judaism, we're not an ascetic religion, right? We, other, certain other religions preach that the way, only way to come close to God is like to swear off any material enjoyment or pleasure. Yet we are not an ascetic religion. Why? Because we understand, Chesh Baruch understand, Chesh Baruch taught us that if you have material success, it just frees you to be able to focus on spiritual matters. That's why, again, we ask for Parnassah. But once you have it, you have to then use the brand new inner tranquility in order to be able to further your spirituality. And if you don't, the Shabbat takes the bracha back. Incredible. See how Hashem is so different than man. In what sense? So listen to this. Midas basavadam mocher so midas basavadam adam mocher chav chayfetz lechavero mocher atzuv velokeach samech. So when a person sells something to his fellow, so the seller is sad and the purchaser is happy. The seller is sad why? Because he had an item now he no longer has it, and the purchaser is happy because he has a new item. Avala kodesh parochu enokein kodesh parochu is different. How so? This is so beautiful. Nasan lahem torli yisrael v'samach. Hashem had Torah. He gave it to Klal Yisrael. But he wasn't sad that he had to part with something that was so precious to him. He was happy. I've given you a good purchase, right? A good lekach, a good purchase. Do not forsake my Torah. So, so beautiful. This is a profound... This already, I'm, I'm just not going to do it justice, but... At least I will say, you know, if, if you have, if you're using your own Gemara, just underline these lines or bend down the page and just go back to this on Shabbos because this is profound stuff. If a person is suffering, person is, a person has encountered difficult life situations, what should you do? A person should examine his deeds. Examine his deeds. Literally, again, we will search out our ways and we will investigate them and return to Hashem. Now, both sides. Now, I want to be clear. The Gemara is not suggesting that every single time something bad happens, it's because of something bad that I did. Right? Just, just to be clear. We have a concept of Tzadik Varalo. Bad things happen to good people. We, we know that. We know that. So, both sides. But what it means is like this. When, when, difficult things happen to me in life. I don't know why they happen, but I have to use it as a wake-up call. So now that my life has been turned upside down or dramatically altered, okay, I need to introspect. I, I got to find what I have to fix. Now, does that mean I'm going to find the source for why things went wrong? 
No, I don't know how Akhlish Baruch Hu runs the world. I don't know why God does things. But, he, but here's what I'm going to do. See, I'll say sometimes, even if you don't know why things happen, I still have an obligation to do something with the jarring circumstances. So I don't know why Hashem visited these circumstances upon me. But once they are here, it becomes like a life alarm clock. It wakes me up. I got, I got to introspect. I got to figure out and see what's going on, what's misfiring, what's wrong. I'll identify something, fix something. Is that the thing, the reason why? I don't know what the reasons are, but this is what I'm going to do with this experience. Incredible. So guys, listen to this. Pish pish for matzah. But so let's say a person introspects and they find nothing broken. Wow. Wow. Okay, I will say, can you imagine that? Can you imagine like looking into your life and saying, nope, all good is all good under the hood, right? Every, every, everything is fine. Nothing's broken. <laughs> See, it, 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 it's, it's almost like startling. It's almost like startling that the Gemara even entertains that possibility that I guess there are, maybe there are people like this in the world who exist that they introspect and they're like, no, all is good. So what happens if I introspect and all is good? So the Gemara says, Yitleb abitl Torah. Then maybe again the adversity came about because a person negated the study of Torah. Shnei Amar, Ashri hagever sherti asrenu ka, umisorascha telamdenu. So we'll say, so what happens? What happens if a person says, no, but I investigate it and I don't negate the study of Torah. So there's nothing broken. I don't negate the study of Torah, but yet there's still this suffering happening. So what do I do? So this is incredible. So what is it? It must be Yisur and Shalava. We'll say, what is Yisur and Shalava? It means, it means suffering visited upon a person as a display of divine love. It is the most theologically complicated concept we possess. That sometimes Hashem visits suffering upon us not as a punishment, but as a demonstration of immense love. What's the love in that? We know the power of suffering is that suffering cleanses the individual. Suffering in this world cleanses one of sin. So sometimes the, the, the theology of it is that sometimes the Kaddish Baruch Hu is looking to cleanse someone of their negative behaviors, of their sinful behaviors in this world, so that they'll have no baggage when they come to the world to come. So the suffering takes place. So the Gemara says, if you're suffering and you introspect and there's nothing broken and there's no Bittal Torah, then again, rest assured, that is Yisur and Sha'ava. And I will say, now what I will say is, don't try this at home. What do I mean, don't try this at home? It's always a very dangerous thing to try to understand why things happen. But that being said, what the Gemara is giving us is a mechanism to deal with adversity. See, when you find yourself beset by difficult circumstances, you have, you have two possibilities, right? Well, three possibilities. Possibility one is just give up. Possibility two is just spend your entire life lamenting it and wallowing in it. And possibility number three is, okay, do something with it. And that's the Gemara saying, do something with your suffering. Do something with your adversity. So what should I do? Introspect. When suffering happens, it means the life as I knew it is broken. So now this is an opportunity for me to look inside myself and to ask myself, what in me is broken? That's all. It's, it's a springboard. That is, that's all. It's a springboard, ultimately, again, for introspection. Don't lose yourself in it. Don't wallow in it. Don't lament in it. But rather, use it as a catalyst for some type of personalistic growth. Incredible. So the Gemara goes weiter. 
The Gemara says, uh, "Good, uh, fine." Amar Rava, Amar Rava, Amar Rava, Amar Rava, Schora, Amar Rafuna. Kol shekalish parochu chaves bo medako biyisurin. The more Hashem loves you, the more He afflicts you. Now, this isn't exactly like the best-selling line for Judaism, right? Right. The more He loves you, the more He patches you. So we'll say, but what? What? what this is on Shneimar. Look at the rest of Shneimar. Hashem chaves dakawa chali yachal afilo kibla meaba. So we'll say. So what this means is as follows, and, and it's going to be understood on two levels. Number one, as we just mentioned before, that suffering does have a cathartic effect on the individual, allowing the individual to be purged of all of their negativity. That's one. And I will say, number two, yeah, that, 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 that's really the idea. That's, if a Baruch who loves you, sometimes it causes you to suffer, also because sometimes when a person is able to maintain their amuna even in the midst of suffering, they inspire other people as well. So sometimes the Bosa Hashem subjects me to circumstances not because per se I deserve it or I did something, but because either again it's the opportunity for me to be purged of negativity or for the opportunity for me to potentially inspire others through my behavior. But the Gemara says, Now this is only if you accept the suffering of love. Just like a carbon has to be offered up with intent, so too suffering only works also if a person has the intent to accept them. And I will say, if a person finds themselves beset by suffering and they accept it, they accept that it is Shema Kadish Baruch Hu, I accept this as the will of God, what is your reward? Yira Zera Ya'arich Yamim. Ultimately, again, offspring and longevity. Offspring and longevity. Not only that, I will say, but you'll be able to always retain your learning. So I will say, so really, really an incredible idea. That old, so we'll say, it's fascinating. So what, what's the reward for accepting suffering with love? So number one, ultimately, again, that a person will have offspring and that offspring will enjoy longevity. And I will say, you have to understand, whenever we speak about longevity in Pesukim, Longevity is not necessarily measured or, or understood as like length of days. It could also be indicative of quality of days. So we'll say, saying something so, something so profound. What's the greatest chinuch? With this, we'll stop. But what's, what's the greatest chinuch that we give our children? We'll say the greatest chinuch is how to deal with adversity. Okay? It's the biggest thing. Whether it's how, what you're like after you have a bad day at work and how do you come home after a bad day of work or when you suffer a setback, how do you deal with it? So we teach our children how to deal with adversity. If I model the right kind of behavior for how to deal with adversity to my children, I have armed my children with a powerful life tool. And what I've done is, what I've done is, I've given them a I've given them, so to speak, longevity. Not only that, says the Gemara, what does it mean when it says, your learning is sustained in your hand? What does that mean? What does that mean? So the Gemara says, so what that means is, if you're able to accept suffering with love, then that cements your relationship with Hashem. That's what's understood as your learning is maintained and sustained. That represents a heightened level of connection and relationship. So the Gemara says, fine. I'm about to say, we'll stop over here, sorry, 30. We'll stop over here for tonight. Again, a long, a long daf. Tomorrow, tomorrow's a little bit shorter. We'll, uh, we'll be okay at some point. You know what I'm saying? I think, is everyone here on the WhatsApp, WhatsApp chat? Yeah? No? Josh? Andre? Okay, so you know what? Um, 